to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. I'll tell you what I almost got. I almost spent uh, some money to get a, a new knife block. Like I've had the same knives since we got married, yeah. you know, for 17 years. But there's a little part of me that's like, okay, so we've lost one. And they cut No, oh. but I'm like, but they still cut, yeah. you know, like it cuts everything I need them to cut. It's a little rusty, but it still cuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I sold Cutco for two weeks back in the day. Did you make some uh, money? Uh, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not a salesman. And, yeah. uh, and I, but the kit, you get the kit. And a friend of mine fronted me the money to get the kit. So mm-hmm. I, and I was practicing. And we had uh, some friends of mine from church. These two girls lived in the apartment kind of beside ours. And so I went over. I was like, can I practice my spiel on you? And she was like, sure. So one of the things is you take your Cutco knife and show how sharp it is. And you cut it through a can. And then you cut a loaf of bread or something, right? Mm-hmm. And so I cut through the can. And it's so stinking sharp, man. They were so sharp. <laughs> it cut through the can faster than I was expecting and then straight through my thumb. But it was on the other side of it. I start, I start bleeding all over her table. And I'm like, so sharp. You won't even feel it when it slices your thumb open and I'm dripping all over the table. And she's like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, yeah, do you have something for this? And I realized, I was like, this is probably not for me. So those, those are one of the few times when I feel like the product was actually legit. Like we've, oh, yeah. we've had a Cutco knife since we got married and yeah. it's I've never sharpened it they're great and it's still the same right that's awesome you can slice right through a can do they still exist I have no idea because <laughs> I would probably buy some more if they still existed alright everybody grab your cut coat knives let's go over to the PCC <laughs> come on over to Pierce's Culture Corner everybody uh, today's I don't it might be sad I don't know so um, wow! Day I after saw. Christmas, I know, right? I, as soon as I saw that, I put this one down for this day. I was like, oh, maybe not. But um, so a while back, I was watching. I was watching. I was going through YouTube Shorts, and there was a clip that came up, and it said "Stitch Incoming." And so it's usually what that means is somebody's going to react to what I'm watching. And it's a man walking through Target, and uh, his wife or his girlfriend, somebody's recording him and telling him kind of what to do. And she goes, "Well, well, what's the baby doing?" And he's holding a very obviously newborn baby. Like this baby is not maybe, maybe a week or two old, maybe days old, very small and holds the baby like by the head and the neck what? and then holds it up like this. Like and lifts then the baby up? lifts the baby up, like, like holding its neck and its head and shows the baby to the camera and then goes back to holding. Yeah, I know. And this guy reacted. He was like, what is this? And he talks about this family in particular. And he says, this is a, this is a family influencer channel that gets views like this based off of their kids and how they, how they react and treat their kids. Um, and he's like, and this is borderline abuse for, yeah, a, for, is. for a newborn. And he's like, this, you like this, this is one of the top viewed and top commented on things on their, uh, on their, um, on their Instagram. And so it's one not of the, the couple from Utah that the lady's like going to jail now, right? I don't know. I don't think so. They're okay. they're young. Um, I don't know if that means anything. Young, but. Uh, okay. I'll look. Up, I'll look up the. I don't have the link saved here, but okay. I'll pull it up and show you later. Um, but what's interesting about it too is like even the way that like you get paid through some of these sites, it's based off of interaction. It's based off of uh, how many views you get, how many comments you get. Like there's a whole bunch that goes into the algorithm. Even if it's all negative comments on it, it's still getting traction. It's still getting mm-hmm. the the people to it. So therefore, they're getting paid. And one of the things this person brought up which I think is very interesting is um, 
how are we going to translate some of our like child labor laws into now this world of mm-hmm. content creation and stuff like that if we're even going to be able to do anything like that which i really? think how does that correlate so what he so there's certain standards and certain things in regards to tv shows and filming and things like that with children and so if that ever happened on a movie set that person would be fired there would be there'd be legal action taken there would be uh, certain things that oh so um, the children like have the- to be treated a certain way on set and a certain way to be filmed and a certain way to be recorded and they have to have Man, a certain amount be- of difficult it's very difficult I right i don't think you can because it's two separate things exactly i mean i feel like that's almost maybe this is wrong think it through but like it's almost like saying here's the requirements for um singing a song live versus like the requirements for recording a song yeah you know what i mean like yeah. it's just not the same controllable like if mm-hmm. it's social media yeah if you're doing uh, for example if they're live streaming yeah what do you do right yeah exactly now, i get it there's live tv maybe you could do the same thing but mm-hmm. like but how do you moderate that? How do you have people that you, I mean, you know, I, I, well, now also in today, in the, the day and age of AI, like how can you prove, like, I know we'll get to the point where a lot of those things can be more provable, but how do you prove? No, no, no. Like I just, I just typed in a prompt and made a fake video of a guy at Target holding a baby right. versus now, like it wasn't actually me doing it. There's, there was a, a I remember back in high school, there was a, an article that went around, uh, a police officer arrested a handful of, of high school students and some parents because of some underage drinking stuff. And they got off because they just, they told the, the judge that you can't prove that it's not Photoshop. We had some friends that Photoshopped beer cans in our hands. And so they got off cause they were like, we, we can't prove that. And so it's interesting to think about, I don't know how in the world you'd moderate content creation because it's not like a movie set where you have yeah. to have certain things checked off. It's not like a TV show in a studio or even on a live set where you have to have I guess they, X, Y, and Z. It's like what, I mean, YouTube, I guess all the all the social media platforms do it, where they'll like, I mean, remove content and ban you. Yeah, but that's yeah. been kind of chaos because mm-hmm. then it's like whatever group of left woke people are working at that at that <laughs> yes. platform just make the decision on what yeah. goes and what doesn't go. Exactly, and then it's not it's not, and that's the thing too that he was bringing up is like, is there is there a way? Maybe not. It's gonna be very difficult to moderate it and put into action, but is there a way that you that any sort of law can be put into effect? That way there is some sort of backline where people even if people don't it's That's not a good idea. it's not where, where people can get arrested really easily, but there's this there's this aspect as a concrete a, you know. me, a content creator where you know like That's a good idea. I can't interact with my kids this way on film, or if I'm gonna record my kids, my channel has can only have X amount of content with my kids. Um because it's the same thing with like movie sets. Kids can only work, I think between five and eight hours a day total and you have to have think, a certain amount of breaks. So I actually, stuff. opinion, I think the law is a great idea just to put it as a backbone. I don't think it's a good idea to uh, to have the same perspective of how much your kids could be on. Mm-hmm. Um, because then it's like, if, if you're, for example, if you're, okay, Ryan, if your Facebook account um, is exclusively video from your kids' sports events, Someone's mm-hmm. gonna be like, "Hey, oh, that's yeah. true." You know it's what I mean? Like, point. I don't, I don't think you can. I don't think it's can be the same thing. Yeah, even it's a different. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. There'd have to be a clear distinction. Now, maybe you could do it to see if they're getting paid. Yeah, like if it's a paid account, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, something yeah. like that. But. Well, one of the things too that I was looking up, and I don't know all the details of it, um, but there's different, there's different child labor laws regarding say say i'm making a movie and i record some some kids uh and i have to have a certain certain uh standards on my set and things like that versus ryan's art store you have your son's work for you there's way different standards for these two environments based right. off like uh family environment and or family business well they versus they have or entertainment. that's true but they already have it in place where like you can you can pay your kids so like mm-hmm. i know it's a smart way to go like if you have a company like yours mm-hmm. ryan where 
you were making a bunch of money, you could you could pay your kids up sure. to I yeah, think yeah, it was yeah. like fourteen or fifteen thousand, sixteen maybe thousand years. It's a thousand dollars. Sixteen thousand years. Sixteen thousand years. Sixteen thousand dollars a year. That's a smart way to go. So I think it's it's like there is some stuff that exists. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, well, I do think the in my mind, I'd be more concerned. I'd be less concerned about like the child labor mm-hmm. and more concerned about the child safety. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And there is, yeah, there was a few examples that I saw. That was that was by far the most like shocking. There was another one where it showed several parents like telling their kids to react and, and have certain emotional responses. And you could tell this kid was just like, was just shaking there. So I think the one that I remember, um, I want to say their uncle had just died and she was recording a vlog for it. And she said, okay, we got to get a good, we got to get a good thumbnail. And he's actually like legit sad that he just learned that his uncle passed away. And she's like, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah. That's a good face. That's a good face. Okay. Take a picture now. And then, so she's trying to manipulate that. Like, no, you were crying a second ago. Cry some more, cry some more. We need to get a good one. Okay. I'll cry too. I'm telling and you, then, these, so, these kids one day, like we talked about this before, these mm-hmm. kids one day are going to sue their parents for all the money they made off of yeah, their yeah. kids. You know, which, yeah, if there's no legal action taken now or anything like, or no legal um, things put into effect now, then that would free them up to do more stuff like that for the future. So maybe that's better, I think there's better many, financially, there's but not better many, emotionally. There's too many nuances with the labor side of it. I yeah. mean, you could have a kid right now who could, I, mean, I guess it'd be under their parents' name, but who could have a an underage kid who could have a streaming channel mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they're making money. Yeah. Right? So like, what was that? There was like a YouTube kids deal, Ryan's toy review yeah, or something. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. So like, that's Making what I mean bank. is like, I, I don't, I think it's nuanced. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think the labor laws were designed to protect that. Like if, no, a, yeah. if a kid's like your kids wanted to do it, if your mm-hmm. kids are like, I want to have a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. you know, you're yeah. not protecting them by saying, no, you cannot do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's too yeah, many nuances. With so many nuances. Yeah. That's what, that's what made it an interesting conversation for me because it seems like, it seems like in some regards something should be done, but then there's so many regards. It's like, yeah, but I want people to have the freedom to create or the freedom to make a business if they want to. Like imagine Ryan, like Ryan's toys, that guy's set for life. Like he can, and he can morph kind of as he grows up, he can morph how he entertains. I don't know their family dynamics, but let's say, let's say it's a good home. It's a good environment where the money, their money's going to the family, but they're setting stuff aside for him. As he grows up, he already has a platform and he's, his career is made and he can do whatever he wants to do. And that's sure. awesome. That's cool that we have the ability now with YouTube and social media to have those types of things. But it also sucks that there's crappy parents out there that are manipulating their kids. And, yeah. The family um, that I, that I saw recently, she's, I don't know if, I don't know if the trial is done yet. I know she's been arrested, but, uh, mom, like five kids, six kids, something like that. And she did a lot of, you know, mommy homemaker kind of mommy post or whatever mm-hmm. and her tough parenting and so like one of the things that she did was her oldest son she has him sitting down with her in one clip and she's like she goes do you want to do you want to tell people about how you lost your bed privilege for six months because you didn't clean your room oh my and, goodness you know and so what'd you have to do he was like i had to sleep on the floor try to figure out how to sleep on my sleeping bag she goes yep and that's how we do it around here you know and wow. then like she has this video where she's calling the school because her daughter forgot to take her lunch to school. Mm-hmm. She said, y'all don't need to provide her a lunch. She forgot to take her lunch and that's on her and she'll learn her lesson. She won't forget it tomorrow. Wow. And uh, like all these different things. And eventually one of the kids went next door and, uh, and complained to the neighbor and they had duct tape on their wrist still. And they had been, they were in the closet for three days being punished because of something. And so, Golly. but what's crazy is apparently this had been going on for like, three or four years her youtube channel had blown up people were watching it mm-hmm. um and even her sister knew what was going on and no one was telling anybody wow and so finally it got brought to the authorities because the kid went next door to the neighbor and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but it's it's just crazy yeah 
So there's extreme cases like that, obviously, and there's good cases. So it's I, it's it's something that before this video I hadn't I hadn't thought of, and it's interesting to think. I mean, my see videos. I mean, obviously, I see something like that, and you, you're shocked, yeah. your mind blown. I see something like the emotional manipulation, and I but I and I think like, gosh, that sucks so bad. This kid's going through this, but I haven't thought about like a holistic. What does that look like? Because YouTube has taken some action in regards to kids' entertainment and some stuff, but I don't know how much. Anyway, I just anyway we can talk about that for a lot. I wanted to bring it into the conversation because it's something that I'm thinking about. I'm not going to think about it because you're whole... trying to figure out what to do with your daughter. Exactly. I want to make some money off my kids. And how can I do that in an ethical way? <laughs> We're not going to be talking about that, though, Ryan. What are we talking about today? Hey, we are going to talk today about Jesus. We're going to talk about uh, the significance of his coming, the fact that he was born, that we have inherited life through him, that he came to identify with humankind to redeem them from sin. And just uh, think about the significance of Christ's coming. But Ryan. Isn't Jesus the reason for the season? Yes, Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like that's what you just told me. Well, actually, Pierce, yes. So. Good. Yeah. You did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> In last one of the year. All right. Very go. Very go. <laughs> Very go, Pierce. <laughs> there you go. That's what I meant to say. There you go. It took, uh, it just took three and a half years. <laughs> did it. Well, actually, we'll see. Pierce. We'll see what happens in the new year, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling next week you'll be stupid again. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, a couple of things. Um, this this idea of Jesus coming in the flesh, uh, this idea of Jesus having to be born. One, one of the things that's really cool to me, probably one of my favorite things, well, it has been uh, on a list of one of my favorite things, is like when you think about the Old Testament imagery of the glory of God, and how amazing it is. And you think about like Mount Sinai in Exodus um, being covered in smoke and fire and the whole mountain is shaking and trembling and the voice of God resounds from the mountain like a trumpet. And there's another place in the scripture that describes his voice like mighty rushing waterfalls or an army raising its cry in battle. Uh, you have in Ezekiel, you have the picture of the image of the glory of God where Ezekiel describes him seated on his throne and from the waist up, he's like glowing metal. And from his waist down, he's like fire and he's surrounded by angels. And there's, again, the sound of trumpets, I think, there. And then you see Isaiah sees him in Isaiah 6. And the train of his robe fills the entire temple. And the seraphim are flying around him nonstop, crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And all of these little glimpses, even, even things as simple as like the burning bush where Moses in Exodus meets with God and he says, take your sandals off your feet, the place you're standing is holy ground, or the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day that led the Israelites through the wilderness. All these images of the glory of God. In fact, even one of the things that he says in Exodus 16 is he says, tomorrow I will, I will cause my glory to be shown before you. And then the next day is when manna comes, like mm -hmm. he provides mm -hmm. manna. Yeah, yeah. So there's a picture of the glory of God, even in the manna. And so there's these really cool things like that. And then we get to Jesus and I think it's I think it's uh, tempting for us as humans to be. Uh, oh. That's not good. Hey, take a pause. I'll put a record scratch in there and then not delete it for a few <laughs> weeks. <laughs> and it's fixed. Hey, we're, we're back. back. All right. So I was saying that one of the things that's interesting to me is that we as people tend to be more impressed by the mountain that's covered in smoke and trembling and the sound of trumpets and the fire, the pillar of fire by day and all, or at night and the pillar of cloud by day. We're more impressed by those things. And yet the Bible tells us in Hebrews 1 that Jesus is the fullness of God's glory yeah. and the exact imprint of his nature. And so there is something about all those Old Testament images that fail 
in conveying the fullness of God's glory. Yeah. And Christ is the fullness of God's glory. And, and so it's one of these things that we, I've, I've said this before in a kind of a different vein, but we tend to be more impressed with um, somebody being healed of cancer than we do of our own salvation. Mm. And our own salvation mm-hmm. is infinitely more significant than being healed of cancer. You can be yeah. healed of cancer and still die and go to hell. Right. And and yet salvation is is a soul change. Like it's it's a new identity in Christ. And so we we look at these Old Testament images. And what's discouraging, I think, to me is that sometimes people will say, man, God doesn't show up in the New Testament like he did in the Old Testament. And it's like, no, 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 he doesn't because he showed up better. Like Jesus, yeah. Jesus is better than those Old Testament things. And so uh, the thing that's so cool about that too, and we we see this in the Old Testament is that, so for example, Moses had to take his sandals off of his feet. He was on holy ground in Exodus. They couldn't get too close to the mountain. Only a few people were allowed to go up to the mountain, even in the tabernacle and later the temple. Uh, only the high priest was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies and then only under certain conditions. Mm-hmm. And now because of Christ, we can like, Think think about it like this: the if you think about Christ uh, compared to the Old Testament images of God, in the Old Testament, uh, the the person who was a leper wasn't allowed to come into the temple court. I mean, forget the Holy of Holies; no yeah. one was doing that. But they yeah. weren't even allowed in the temple court. And then in the New Testament, you have a leper coming up to Jesus and and saying to him you know like hey have mercy on me and he, he says go your way you're you know you're healed and and he's cured you're the woman with the issue of blood who comes up to Jesus and says if i only touch his garment i'll be healed and the issue of blood she would have been ceremonially unclean she wasn't allowed near the things that represented the the image of god or the closeness of god yeah. um and now here because of christ people people are physically in the space of the fullness of god's glory and they're they're like John in well presumably John in the book of John is leaning against Jesus's chest as they're laying around taking the Lord's supper together like there's a proximity you know yeah uh, the crowds are pressing in on him and touching him and they're part I don't know it's it's amazing to me that we think so small of that like we I think we need to change our mind and think bigger about the things of Jesus like that take however cool you think it might be to be standing. I know here in West Texas, we don't have mountains and uh, mm-hmm. I'm a mountain person. I love the mountains and in part because- Technically we do in Southwest Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not around here, not around our home. No. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I, I grew up going to Oregon every summer and love the mountains, love going to Colorado in the last few summers. And um, we always go to Rio Doso uh, every summer, which is nice. And it's nice to be in those mountains. And so- I love the mountains and I, I try to picture sometimes these scenes from the old Testament where God shows up on mountains and it's just, or mm-hmm. think of like a, think of like Elijah where he shows up on the mountain and God's voice comes to him and still small voice. Mm-hmm. But before that, there's this earthquake and there's yeah. this fire and there's this wind and then God shows up and it's just, or, or Moses being on the mountain and God says, I'll allow my glory to pass before you, but I'm going to cover you with my hand. And then the glory of God passes before Moses. There's all these scenes like that. Mm-hmm. And we go, man, that would be so cool. And that's that's a, a, a glimpse, like a little tiny peek at the glory of God. And Jesus is the fullness of God's glory. Mm-hmm. He's he's the fullness. He's God himself. Like everything else was just a, I don't know, a, a manifestation, a reflection of the glory of God. Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the fullness of God's glory. And I think sometimes we lose the weight of that mm-hmm. when we, when we like, I, I know. What do you think that is? 
Uh, I I think I think we are. I don't know. I th- I think we're we have a difficult time finding glory in what we consider mundane. We've 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 all we've all shaken the hand of a man. Like the idea of Jesus as a man feels very ordinary to us. Yeah, it is. Um, and but I think there's a richness to that. Like yeah. it's it, you're basically saying that we're we're only focusing on the human aspect of Jesus and missing yeah. the God aspect. Yeah, of Jesus. the deity of yeah. it. Yeah, the bigness of it. And so um, I think that's probably why I think around this time of year. Um, Jesus is this cute little thing that we have like, yeah, like in manger scenes and, and mm-hmm. little baby Jesus all around the house and, yeah. and, and pictures. So like, that's, I think that's it. It's his perspective. So our correlation is, well, I've seen babies or I've had babies. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and so this is, this is the correlation um, and missing that the, that this is the glory of God yeah. that has come down. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of like Eugene Peterson's, um, I think it's in John one when he says Jesus moved into the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, because I think it's, it, 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 uh, I think it gives a glimpse of what you said earlier that there's like, there's a sense where like the leper and if you have an issue of blood, you can't come into the presence of God. Yeah. And what Jesus does is he moves into the neighborhood and he comes and he's part of the chaos. He's part of yeah. the dirtiness and he's part of us and he's part of our culture. I like that idea, but I, think maybe sometimes people stop there. Yeah, yeah. He moved into the neighborhood. He's just my friend. He's just this normal man that I can shake his hand. And we don't recognize that this is the creator of the universe. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and to your point, I think Peterson there, I think he's paraphrasing the part that says he tabernacled among us. It is. Most yeah, translations yeah, yeah. say dwelt among us, but right. like the idea of him tabernacling among us is the same picture that we see over in Revelation where God brings the new Jerusalem down and makes his dwelling with man. With us, yeah. And and so it's I love that the language is tabernacled because people were excluded from the tabernacle for different mm-hmm. reasons. And then he comes and he's like, okay, I'll bring it to you. Right. You know, like I, I'm bringing this to you. I'm bringing the glory to you. So we, maybe you, what your point is, is like we, as believers, we're missing the weight of glory that now resides in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like we, I think cause it could go internal now. Like we think so little of the glory of Jesus that does, doesn't translate to us. I forget where it is. Uh, one of Paul's letters he says that the, he's talking about the fullness of Jesus and he says that now dwells uh, in him. We have fullness. He's talking about the deity of mm. Jesus and he says in him, we have fullness. I think it's Colossians. Um, but it's, it's this idea that we are filled in Christ. Like yeah. the same, I don't think we, I don't think we are the glory of God, but I think we carry in us the glory of Jesus by the spirit. I think that there's a sense where, where we are our new selves. We are the reflection, if you will, of, of that of that beauty, splendor, majesty. Yeah. I'm hesitating to say the word glory because I'm trying to think of a correlation there that would, you know, like, I think, yeah, I mean, I don't think we're the glory of God. We're not, but, but yeah. I do think there's some aspect where we're like carrying some. Well, it's, uh, I mean, we have been found in the likeness of God. We are created in the likeness of God, righteous and holy, according to Ephesians. And, yeah, you know, again, and so, yeah. I think, so. and so maybe that, and maybe that's why people think so little of themselves as believers Yeah, mm. is that their perspective is Jesus is just a man. Yeah. Like all he's done is saved me. Yeah. I mean, realistically, if you recognize the weight of that, uh, of salvation, the weight of that life, then it changes how you view yourself. Yeah. 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 You're getting into our topic for next week. Oh, my bad. Come on. No, it's a great introduction to it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But, uh, um, it's, it's this idea. I do. I think we, 
I think uh, it's part of the reason that so many denominations are more focused on the gifts of the spirit, like the supernatural or what we would typically call supernatural gifts. They're technically all supernatural gifts, but anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, like the gifts of healing, the gift of tongues, those sorts of things. I think that people tend to focus more on those than they do the fact that they've been saved. Mm-hmm. Like the the bigger blessing isn't that you can speak in tongues. The bigger blessing is that you have now been called a child of God. Yeah, and and we miss that. That's what um, Paul says. These these things will cease. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and we we miss that our salvation is the greatest miracle that God will ever do. Yeah, and so Christ comes in the fullness of God's glory, and rather than being kind of an anticlimactic, like think about it from the perspective of a visual kind of a movie thing and you have all these amazing and you just push together all these images of God in the Old Testament mm-hmm. into like a really cool in my head when I wanted to I wanted to create this 20 years ago but uh, you have this 20 minute kind of thing that shows all these different images of the way that God shows up in his glory in the Old Testament and then you culminate that with a baby in a manger Mm-hmm. It feels anticlimactic, and it mm-hmm. only feels anticlimactic because we don't understand the significance of it. Yeah, if we rightly understand the significance of it, like, like I know that uh, Talladega Nights, you know, and they're like praying to sweet baby Jesus or whatever, dear baby Jesus. One of one of the things that irks me the most is like when Christians will do that, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, it's just sweet baby Jesus," and I'm like, "Man, like, I, I wish that we didn't think so trivially of Christ. Mm-hmm. He is the fullness of God. He everything." Uh, John 1, everything that was ever created by God was created by Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christ is is paramount in the creation of all things. Colossians 1 says that he upholds all things by the word of his power, that he made everything. He upholds all those things. And so like we have the creator now in, in flesh mm-hmm. walking among mankind to redeem them from sin and death. Mm-hmm. And, and he's He's walking on water and he's multiplying bread and he's raising the dead and he's healing the sick and he's he's doing all these things, but he is the fullness of God. Like he, That's why he, the Jews missed him. Yeah, it's totally because they, they were they were thinking of the the next coming of Christ. They were thinking yeah. about the second coming. Yeah. And they missed it because they're expecting the king to sit on a throne with an yep. iron scepter to rule the nations to, yep. to free them from Rome. They're similar vein to us like they they were expecting to see a certain view of glory yeah mm-hmm. yeah instead exactly. of instead of recognizing that the glory of god is also the manna yeah, yeah. yeah. instead of recognizing that jesus was yeah. the fulfillment of all those things they just missed it yeah and the, the, we I here's think, the glory of god right in your face and yeah yeah and i think maybe even though us as believers haven't missed it we've put our faith in the salvation of jesus Agreed. i think our we could miss the weight of the glory of Agreed. jesus yeah. and yeah. that could affect our life and yeah. how we live it, it absolutely does because when when we i know that there there are uh doctrinal thoughts and ideas where people will say well we need it's really important that we talk about the manhood of christ the that he's human the humanity of jesus uh, tempted in all ways as we are, yet without sin. And and I, I do think that speaking about the humanity of Christ is important. I don't think in any way it should bow to the deity of Christ. That, no. or, or sorry, that the deity of Christ should bow to the humanity of Christ. Like we can't reduce who he is as God in talking about him as yeah. human. No. And and I think what we tend to do is we tend to talk so much about the humanity of Christ, we, we reduce the deity of Christ in that moment to kind of a secondary dialogue, if a dialogue yeah, at yeah. all. 
like there are so many people that I'll talk to who, and, and honestly, not lately, but when I was doing a lot of events, one of the things that people said all the time is I imagine, you know, that, that Jesus would, uh, you know, sit around with the disciples every night and fart and stuff. And well, of course he does because he's human and people fart and they get bloating in their intestines and stuff. But, uh, and it's like, I bet, you know, like if he could have, he was drawing mustaches on the disciples when they were sleeping and stuff. But I don't think he was that trivial. Also, they probably all had mustaches. <laughs> I don't know, you know, like, uh, but I, I don't think that Christ was trivial. I think that, you know, when he says, or when the scripture says in, about him and John, that everything he sees, the everything he does, he does what the father does. Everything that he says, he says because the father says. And like, I don't, it, I don't understand the point. Like, is it of the question? Is it, or the thought? Is it like, are you trying to feel better about yourself? I know. What's the aim? Like, do you fart and go, oh man, I feel better about myself because Jesus, Jesus farted. farted. Like, <laughs> yeah, not, not specifically farting, but I remember there was a time where, so I think, I think my experience is actually the opposite of what you guys are saying. I think that my, at least what I remember, the majority of my upbringing um, felt really focused on, on Christ as God. And I mean, that's not wrong. That's not bad or anything, but, but <laughs> like, awesome. but like, I think it's what, I think it's kind of what's the opposite of what you're saying. A lot of people experience people have. And there was, I remember there was a, there was a picture. We were getting ready for a wedding when I was like 18 or 19. I was at my friend's wedding and in the pastor's office, they let us use that room to get our suits on and get dressed. There was this tiny little sketch of Jesus laughing. Mm. I was like, that's weird. And I, I remember thinking like, you don't see pictures of Jesus like that. Jesus is always serious. And there was an aspect for it for me that like, I think, I think the, the, the aspect of God becoming man became a lot more real in that moment. As I just contemplated that picture of Jesus laughing mm -hmm. as obvious as not, I mean, I don't know what he's laughing at. Maybe he was laughing at a fart. I don't know. But like, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't make it about that. Cause I had the friends that would be like, yeah, I bet Jesus was making these, all these types of jokes. I remember thinking like, don't, don't downgrade Jesus to your level. Like don't yeah. do that. But the aspect of him enjoying life, of him, of him being relational, of him, of him emotional. moving in the neighborhood, like being emotional. Yeah. Like interacting with people one-on-one -on -one right here. And so I think there's yeah. the, and I think that that's, that's one thing that I like ever since that moment, I remember like Christmas time is usually the time where I really reflect on Christ, on Christ coming. I mean, you, yeah. um, his name will be Emmanuel, his name will be God with us. Yep. And, and the, um, the whole many, so many aspects of it. There's a, there's an artist I like as well that, um, that, he does a whole Advent series, and a lot of it is centered around the pregnancy of Mary. I don't know if he has Catholic roots in him. Um, you think but Mary then, knew? <laughs> did, Mary, did Mary know? <laughs> um, but he has one where it's it's baby Jesus um, getting his diaper changed, essentially. Essentially, and like it's not it's not supposed to be humorous. It's just an aspect of pointing out like Jesus was a baby, like God yeah. came down. And so I think for me, it's funny like hearing all these things because I, I don't, I don't think you're wrong by any means, but just my experience was so opposite that there was, there was a point in my life where reflecting upon the humanity of Christ, not to elevate it, not to downgrade the deity, but to recognize God came down to, to us, to save us, to change us, to be with us, to move in the neighborhood, to meet us where we are to become a man so that he could save man. Um, there's a level, there's a level of beauty to it that I reflect upon at, at these year at, at this time of year. But I did have the experience of what you guys are saying of just people trying to make it, trying to ignore, um, the weight is like the word yeah. you said earlier, the weight of this is God. Yeah. And I don't, I, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's, I think that but to answer your question, you said, like, I wonder why people do that. I think there, there was a point for me where I, I kind of had to force myself to reflect upon the humanity of God because I wasn't, um, cause I, cause I was ignore, ignoring that aspect of it. I gotcha. Um, but there was a, there was a beauty that came with acknowledging, um, the humanity of Christ yeah. or just, just the fact of Christ coming down. Um, well, I think, 
I saw, um, I don't know, maybe I shared this with you guys, but maybe not. I, I saw um, a pastor the other day, a clip was saying that, you know, the Bible is constantly changing and we need to, uh, we need to, in the 21st century, be able to go read it with fresh eyes and see see through our lens what it means today. And like, it was just a garbage mm-hmm. post. And it was just all about like the importance of making making the Bible more relevant is kind of what the commentary was. And so like, <laughs> we, we need to come to it and see that now we can see it with different eyes and it can mean different things, blah, 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 blah. And I, I think that people do that. Like, I, I think that... I'm I'm still trying to and and I'm I'm a visual learner. Um, I'm artistic in in I see art. Ar, ah, <laughs> what what are we, Sorry, what did you say? <laughs> Thank you, artistic. <laughs> and uh, and so for me, I can't I can't know if this is in other people's heads or not. But like for me, the visual images of the representation of the glory of God in the Old Testament have this beauty and this magnitude and this power and this grace in them Mm -hmm. and then taking all of that and squeezing the way that i feel emotionally connected to that like and squeezing all of that and saying that that's that's not even a fraction of who christ is Mm -hmm. and christ is bigger than all of that and trying to shift my perspective that way but what i find that people want to do is like john 11 for example with you mentioned laughing, so let's mention crying. Mm-hmm. John eleven thirty five. it says Jesus yeah. wept. And the number of people who say, oh, see how sad Jesus was about his friend's death. And and you're like, no, he wasn't. Like yeah. the, the chapter begins with, look, Lazarus is going <laughs> to die. He says, go to sleep. And then, then the disciples don't say it. So he plainly says he's going to die because <laughs> you guys don't understand what I'm saying, but I'm going to go and wake him back up. Like Jesus knew that Lazarus was going to die. Yeah. Jesus knew that he was going to wake him back up, bring him back to life. Mm-hmm. And he says in the beginning of John that all of this is for the glory of God, that God might be seen. And and I think that people lose sight of that. I think that people miss the first part of John where Jesus is saying, here's the reason I'm going to let Lazarus die yeah. so that God can be known. Yeah. And then when he's weeping, he's looking at all these people. And if you look at the rest of the gospels, when God, when Jesus had compassion or when Jesus was sorrowful or whatever, it is because he'll say there's sheep without a shepherd. It'll say, because how I've longed to gather you like my children, but you wouldn't have it. Mm-hmm. It's because they rejected him. It's because they didn't understand his message. Like if you want to be consistent throughout the gospels, he's probably, the text does not say, so I'll modify it with probably, he's probably weeping that they're missing who he is yeah. and they're missing the revelation of God. But we want to go, no, 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 he was really sad his buddy's dead. He, he's five minutes from waking him up, from resurrecting <laughs> yeah. him. Well, I think that, I think that's a little side note. I think that's part of it is that he's, he's, uh, he's recognizing that even though he's about to bring this dude back to life, they're going to miss the point. They mm-hmm. totally are going to miss the point. I mean? So like that's a, he's, he's a part of, I think it's similar maybe to what Paul says in they're still They're going to want to kill him for raising him from the yeah. dead. Mm-hmm. In Romans, when he says, um, basically, I would go to hell for my people, Israel. For oh, like, yeah. For Israel. So like, it's the same, like a heart for Romans the people 9. of Israel yeah. to put their faith in Jesus. And it's, he's, yeah, weeping over that. And you know, what's funny is like, it's a, I think it's a similar vein. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it is that we go through life without recognizing the glory of Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Jesus is weeping, but I wonder if there's any kind of emotional sadness over Christians across the world now who live their life thinking so small of who he is. Maybe and in weeping. turn means that they live a life that is not very 
very impactful for the kingdom. Not yeah. powerful. Yeah. yeah. No, I could tell where you were going right away and it made me super excited, but also a little bit dejected and sad because you're right. If, if our view of Jesus is one where we diminish his glory, either mm. either because we haven't ever rightly thought on his glory yeah. or because we've wanted to make him more like us, mm. more palatable to us. If, if we have diminished the glory of Christ deliberately or inadvertently, then it has to, by natural, I think, tendencies, dilute how we live our lives. Mm. Yeah. Like if if the glory of, if, if Jesus is just interested in this is why some people default to morality. This is why some people will say, well, Jesus, he he brought morality. He showed people kindness, and, and we just need to be people who are kind. Kindness, apart from the glory of God, is pointless. Yeah. Like, like a moral conduct, apart from God's glory, yeah. is pointless. Yeah. Teaching people how to, to be decent husbands and wives to each other, apart from the glory of God, and is, is fruitless, is pointless, has no eternal value. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that when we reduce Jesus to this kind of moral guru, and we, we forsake his glory, yep. man, we're missing... That's a good way to say it. Cosmic elegance. His glory. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. missing this this cosmic eternal elegance that is God. Mm-hmm. You you start to wonder if if uh, if Paul thought of the glory of Jesus the way we tend to think of it, would he be stoned in a town, basically put to death, and then go right back into the town to preach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. No. Because then his concern would be for his life. But right. If, if he's yeah. so convinced of the glory of Jesus and so convinced of the life he has and the life that those people can have in him, he's like, it doesn't matter. That's the difference. When your perspective of the glory of Jesus is correct, you literally are able to take on the world. Not that you don't have struggles, not that you don't have troubles, not that you don't have internal, you know, chaos inside of your head or your heart, but that in the midst of that stuff, you never, you never end up at a place where that dictates your life. Like mm-hmm. you've talked about it before, Ryan, where there's this still this thing that lives in the you say lives in the back of your head. Like yeah. it's it's residual from past. It's yeah. residual depression, but, discouragement, whatever you want to call it. So yeah. it's there. So yeah. it's not Insecurity. saying that, that it's not saying that, that does that goes away. What no. it's saying is is that doesn't affect the way you live on a consistent basis. It yeah. doesn't rule you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that can't be my decision making no. <laughs> anymore. My decision making has to be the glory of Jesus. Yes, and that's mm-hmm. the change. So yeah. like you know I I, I really have been beginning to wonder how many people, even people that listen to this podcast, I wonder what percentage of those people actually on a daily basis feel like they are worthless mm. and feel like their life is a struggle and they're just trying to save face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they feel like, man, I just want something more out of life. Like, I just wonder how many people, how many people that are believers, let's just say that, if someone asked them, like, if you found out you're going to die today, would you be okay? Would you be content yeah. with like mm-hmm. where your life is? And I bet most people would say no. Yeah. Well, have you heard have you heard the example that people give, and I, I love it. But let's try to bring it down to the roots of Christ. If I were to say to you, Pierce, um, I think this is different now that you have a wife and daughters. It would sh- shape your answer a little bit. But if I were to mm-hmm. say to you, "Hey, Pierce, tomorrow, you know, or I want to give you ten million bucks today," uh, would that change your life? Would you be excited about that? You'd be like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. And then if I said, "I'm going to give you ten million bucks today," but the catch is you won't wake up in the morning; you'll be dead in the morning. Would you still take it? And the answer is no, you wouldn't take the 10 million bucks. Can you tell me what I would answer. Huh? I'm stroking. <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> here, here's what you'd say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you would say no. Hmm. Like, would you, would you give up your wife and your daughters? Would you give up like for no. 10 million bucks? No, no of no, course no. not. So quit, 
making my point money, Pierce. <laughs> Pierce is like, yeah, screw Yeah, Ryan's him. going around giving away $10 million, but he won't actually give it to you because he'll tell you what you're going to say. Uh, you're like, screw my family. I'm in heaven. Yeah. Now they I'll got get the 10, 10 million, million bucks. And then I'll move and you'll never find me and kill me. <laughs> so like the, the point that people try to make is your life has more value than 10 million bucks. Mm-hmm. So why are you not waking up tomorrow with the same kind of vigor? Like, you know, why don't you mm-hmm. wake up with vigor? Yeah. Well, we have something more at stake than the potential of $10 million. We have the glory of God almighty at stake. Mm-hmm. Like, and it can't be taken away. And it cannot be we taken away. We already have it. And it doesn't matter whether we wake right. up tomorrow or not. It doesn't change. And and so if we if we would quit reducing Jesus to sweet baby Jesus, you know, <laughs> and and begin to rightly elevate him to the right hand of the Father and declare that he is the fullness, yep. the fullness yep. of the glory and the power of God. Don't tell me that that wouldn't shape how we behave. Don't tell me that that wouldn't shape how we treat our children or wouldn't shape how we treat our spouses or that like at this point, to your point, Micah, like Paul in Romans 9 said, I would be anathema. I would be condemned to hell if it meant that Israel would be saved. Like, like, and we're over here grumbling about, I don't know, the internet costs going up $30 a month. <laughs> like we're, like we're, we're just frustrating. It is, it is. frustrating. <laughs> but, but for some people, my point being like, for some people that throws their whole day off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like go find a different internet company. That's fine. But like, does it throw your whole day off? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not like your belt loop got caught on a door handle. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, ready? Let's, let's modify it. I'm going to give you $10 million, but the catch is every 30 minutes for the rest of your life, you're going to catch a belt loop on a door handle. <laughs> every, I'm, all, I'm only wearing like elastic bands. <laughs> every time you walk through a door, your, your belt or your pocket or your belt it loop. It'd be the saddest <laughs> life ever. <laughs> all right. You want to hear the remedy for all this? Yeah. Go. For a perspective of not having the glory of Jesus in mind. I do. Here's the here's the remedy. <clears throat> Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell or make his home in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses Mm. knowledge here, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Mm -hmm. I think that's what people Mm -hmm. miss is like, Mm -hmm. that's contained in Jesus. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to say earlier. Like, I'm not going to say we're the glory of God, but that's, that's what I was thinking of. You are filled with all the fullness of God through Jesus. And it's this, this understanding, having the strength by this power of the spirit, which just comes through prayer. I think what Paul's saying here, this is no work you're doing on your own to get to this point. It's, mm-hmm. it's, he's literally praying that God will just do this work in them. Yeah. yeah. That Christ would make his home in their hearts and they would have the strength to comprehend with everybody who's a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Why? So they could be filled with the fullness of God. Like that, yeah. wake up every morning with this feeling of like, I'm filled with the fullness of God. Like mm-hmm. there's a remedy because you can't be at that place. And I love that he says this until you understand Right, the strength to comprehend with all the saints, the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, this Christ that surpasses knowledge. That that's that's where it begins. I think when when we downplay the glory of Jesus, when we downplay according to Paul here the love of God through mm-hmm. Jesus, the love of Jesus, we will not be filled with the fullness of God. Mm-mm. I think that there's this sense of like being able to comprehend the greatness of the love of God through Jesus. Yeah. The, that he makes his home in our heart that allows us to, to, to get up in the morning and go, whoa. Yeah. Like no matter, 
$30 bill extra, I'll fix it. But that doesn't change anything about who I am. Yeah. Doesn't change anything about my day. Um, I, just to be transparent, I think this is a, I think this is still a struggle in me. Well, I think this is something I've been dealing with for the last few months. Like just honestly, my, like this has been one of the weirdest financial years since 2020. Yeah. 2020 was kind of an anomaly, but like, dude, I keep losing events like crazy. I've told mm -hmm. you guys about, yeah. and like, you know, a chunk of my income is, is that stuff. And so like, how, do, how do I, how do I move forward? Ryan and you and I have had lots of conversations about this. Like, I don't think it means that I just like sit in my room and I'm like, okay, God's going to provide. I'm yeah. still going to, still going to work and do stuff to make it happen. But there's still this question mark of like, where is my heart? Is my heart yeah. resting in who I am in Christ or is my heart resting in my circumstances? It doesn't mean I don't try to deal with what I need to do in well, the circumstances. It, but even in your work, you recognize that God is the provider. It's him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because him. you're right. But um, it's, but the feeling, I think I was in a funk for a long time. I was telling Cammy the other day on the way back from Houston, I was like, I finally feel like I'm out of that funk. Yeah. I wish I could say like, I knew here was the reason I was in the funk and here's what brought me out of the funk. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it was just that process. Maybe it was just circumstances, but like, Literally driving home from from Houston when we took Hayes to do a sleep study, mm -hmm. all of a sudden that feeling returned where I was like, I'm ready to take on the world. Yeah. For a few months I was like, Yeah, I'm not yeah. interested. <laughs> and now I'm like, bring it on, world, let's go. And I don't know, I don't I you know what I think it is, is like maybe subtle reminders of who I am in Christ. Well, I, I think this I, I think for me, this conversation because I I have I have had this thought in my head and this conversation in my head for you two decades at least, like think on the glory of God, think on the magnitude of Jesus, think on the beauty of Christ. The, the problem is that I sometimes get complacent or get comfortable and think I'm doing a good job in that. Mm. And and here's, here's where I'm at, is God is infinite in his glory. God mm. is infinite in his power and in his beauty. So to whatever degree I understand his glory and his beauty right now, in terms of infinite, I haven't scratched the surface. And so why would I ever get to the place where I'm like, oh yeah, I have a pretty good handle on that instead of being at the place where I'm like, God, show me more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like give me a, a more clear, a more clear view of your glory. You right. Give me a, a bigger picture of your glory because I, I believe this, like there, there's some Christian out there right now that is, is struggling to end their relationship with porn. Mm -hmm. And you've talked a lot about that, Micah, from the perspective of what they ought to do, like a different approach to that instead yeah. of trying to just quit, go like as you're pulling up the website, God help me to glorify you in this moment, right? Like turn your thoughts to Jesus. Yeah. Because what we tend to do in sinful moments is turn our thoughts away from Jesus yes. so we can engage in this sin. And we we think that it's up to us to combat sin. Or instead I was gonna of, say that's it. So we might turn our, our mind away from Jesus because we're trying to fight it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we think it's up to us yeah. to deal with it, right? So, so what do we say to the Christians who aren't dealing with porn anymore, who aren't cheating on their wives, who don't cheat on their taxes, who are people of integrity? What do we say? Oh yeah, you've you got to take it. the cheating on the taxes thing out because that's a nuanced conversation. No, no, no. I, I don't mean use the loopholes. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about the whole conversation. Okay. Nuanced. Like, cause flip it. Like, like, cause we could say like, I mean, how they tax us is that, yeah, is that yeah. okay? So sure. I think you should just take that out right. completely. That was out. That is not even a, an equivalent <laughs> of the other ones. No, it's not. So the, the point being though, that for all intents and purposes, someone who looks like they're doing everything right for God we wouldn't say to them, well, you made it. There's nothing else to right. learn. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would say that they're like, I think, I think that even the yearnings of our heart, like even the little things that we crave and desire should be brought into subject, uh, oh. submission to the glory of God. Here's what you're saying. There's a lot of dudes whose entire goal right now at this point in their life is to stop watching porn. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. That is too small of a goal is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Be- because, I, yeah, yeah. because if that's, I mean, if sure. That's, if that's don't, the end game. It's not a benefit to you at all. It's it's dishonoring Jesus to yeah. watch porn. But if your goal is to, to be at a place where you feel like you're clean because you're not watching porn, you will never <laughs> feel, cl- feel clean mm-hmm. because that's not the right goal. The, the right goal is to go, you know what? I've got this issue I'm dealing with yep. that not you're dealing with, but like yeah. it's, it's happening that I'm, I'm engaging. I'm engaging in something that's dishonoring Jesus, but I'm going to shift my heart and say, I want to, I want to wake up every day feeling like I've, I've been filled with the fullness of God. I want to live my life for his glory and then watch how God begins to like remove yeah. those things from you. Not mm-hmm. that it's like you wake up one morning and you're done, Yeah. but the reason you feel unclean is not because this is going to be, someone's going to hate this. You don't feel unclean because you're watching for, porn. <laughs> Porn. Wow. <laughs> you don't feel unclean because you're watching corn. <laughs> you you feel unclean because your perspective is is that your cleanness is based on your ability yep. to make yourself yeah. clean. That's what's making you feel the way you're feeling. Yeah. But if you put the glory of Jesus in perspective, this isn't just a cute little baby that came to earth to become like you to fart and to laugh so that you can <laughs> feel like it's okay to fart and laugh. Yeah. But that the glory of God came down to earth to rescue us from sin and death. Yeah. There's death and resurrection and is coming again. That's our hope. Mm-hmm. If that's your mindset, watch how your feeling about yourself changes and watch how your desires for things like porn start to go away. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they're removed. I'm saying yeah. they are they begin to move to the background, kind of like Ryan. I think you talk about the voices in the back of your head. Yeah. Like it's it's not that they it's are in control. gone, but they don't rule you anymore. So if you if you're entire if there's dudes out there listening who are like, I just want to stop doing these things that make me feel unclean. I'm telling you, the reason you feel unclean is because your perspective's wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking it even, I think, a step further than that. What about the guy who has conquered from his perspective, and we'll say that God has done this in his life, the Spirit's done this in his life, because I don't believe we do it on our own, as you've already said, uh, that this guy's like, man, I've, I've ticked every box, you know, I've crossed no, I don't key. think it's different. I know, but that's my point. I'm like, saying like that that guy is not going to be in that place because if his if his mind is I've ticked every box, he'll be right back to porn the next day. Yeah, gotcha. Because he's still relying on himself. Yeah. So it's the same perspective. Okay, so maybe it's a dude who's like, has a moral ingrained perspective who yeah. like doesn't do these things. He's not in a better spot than the dude who's watching porn eight hours a day. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Is my point. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that there are things that culturally are less accepted, mm-hmm. right? Pornography is less accepted than a guy who has a morality view of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Culturally. And, yeah. and in the church, I think, sure. I think in the church, and, yeah. But the problem is that like, because Christ is the fullness of God's glory, it's not just that we're trying to submit to him in the areas where we go, oh, this is a blatant sin, but I don't want to live in this world from a perspective of good cultural morality. I want to live in this world for the perspective of the glory of God. Yeah. And, and so I think that until we draw our last breath on this planet, that will be our pursuit of God. Yeah. Like, show me more of your glory. Mm-hmm. Like, take, take, take the whispers of my heart, take the, 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 I think of it's I think in Ecclesiastes and it's not exactly applicable here, but he says, he goes, don't speak a, I'm going to paraphrase it badly. Don't speak a wicked word against the King, even in the, your bed chambers, because a bird of the air might carry it to them and bear these bad consequences. And it's talking about the rulers of your people and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But like, I'm just thinking like, I, I want to love people so well that my first instinct isn't to think poorly of them. And I was telling yeah. Michelle this the other day, we were having this conversation. I was like, there are people all around me for whom Christ died. And I want to learn to love these people genuinely like God loves them. And not five minutes later, we were in the car going somewhere and somebody cut me off. I was like, you freaking idiot. <laughs> and I was like, starting now. <laughs> I was like, not. Isn't that the same thing though? Yeah. You're you right. You want to learn right. to love them. 
Yeah, you're right. So because it's, if you if you actually are in you're perspective right. of Jesus, then that Lord, would happen. Yeah, that's the same thing. It. That's still it your is. work. Yeah, it's just we tend to think of it as I don't know more acceptable behavior because you just you also just set a standard. Yeah, because you said when you said that to the car. So like flip yeah. it. So like let's say someone let's say you got out with your family at a basketball game and someone came up and punched your wife in the face. I can't imagine you're like you know. Oh what? gosh, no. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna let that go because I'm trying to love you like Jesus loved me. <laughs> no, see what I'm saying not. like I know I know you set a similar standard by saying when that person <laughs> cut me off. Yeah. So you're. I, I think it's. I just think people need to hear this. Yeah, it comes down to the heart. What you just said is like this is this is Ryan Dalglish yeah. who just said that, and all these people think. I have all these struggles. They yeah. a lot of people probably think if I could just be where you were, I'd be better. Yeah. I'm trying to take all that off the table yeah, and say, good. listen, it, we're all in the same camp where we we tend to try to fix it on our own. Absolutely. And the reason we do that is because it's not that's Ryan's glory, not Jesus's glory. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. You loving people well happens as you submit yourself Agreed. to the glory Agreed. of Jesus and watch how God uses you and your mm. tendencies and your personality to reach those people. Because I, I mean, let's, let's be honest, if someone just viewed us three from the outside looking in and they didn't know us very well, they would say, I think sometimes Ryan and Pierce are really loving to people. And I think sometimes Micah is just a flat a-hole to people. You know what I mean? A and they might flip it. <laughs> it's not a bubble he's not, butt. It's he's not in very sh- good shape. <laughs> and they might flip it. You know what I'm saying? Pancake so like a-hole. Yeah. So I think that if if our mindset is I want to be viewed yeah. in a certain mm-hmm. way, yeah, yeah. then we're we're missing it. Like I think there's probably Ooh, that's people a great point. It I can't think there's be people about how we want to be viewed. No, I think yeah, there's yeah. probably people who come to our church who are like, Man, this is this is an amazing church that I love being part of. And there's probably people who've come to our church who's like, Man, I don't like those guys very much. Yeah. So if, if our goal is to like have a certain perspective, people view us through, mm-hmm. it's not a good goal. That's no. what I'm saying. It's all it's in the same boat. Yeah. It's all our own work. It's all us trying to achieve mm-hmm. things on our own. Instead of saying, I want to recognize the glory of Jesus and let that be the thing that yeah. my mind dwells on and rests on. And then watch how God influences the rest of yeah. my life. From I mean, because from that perspective, being realistic from that perspective of being like Jesus serving for the glory of God, there is a time to flip the tables mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there is a time to call people serpents and mm-hmm. say you belong to the devil. Yeah. And there is a time to call people false teachers and hypocrites right. like that. There's a place for that. And what we don't want to do is build a moral code, reduce yep. it to a moral code where we say, well, you can't call people the devil. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, but like you can, it, like, I, I think, yeah, yeah. I think most of the time what we do is we flip tables for our own glory rather than mm-hmm. God's glory, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and maybe the problem is, is that we're trying to judge that. Yeah, we're trying to decide what it is, which boils down to, as you've already said, Micah, our work. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we submit to the Spirit, the Spirit will always do what glorifies the Father. And when a table needs to be flipped, if you're submitted to the Spirit, you'll yeah. flip the table. And I honestly, I think you know. I think you know yeah, when yeah. it's a table for your glory and it's a table for the glory of Jesus. I think you know. Yeah. I don't think we set standards. For, we can set standards for other people. I think there's some things that we could say in the Scripture. Or, like yeah. if, if someone comes in and preaches a false gospel, there might be more than flipping tables happening, yeah. you know, and and uh, I that's a pretty easy one where where yeah. you guys wouldn't be able to say when that happened if I actually kicked someone in the nuts for preaching a false gospel, you guys wouldn't be like, well, Mike, I don't think that was very loving, yeah, yeah. On, you know, man. no, they, it would be like, well, this is kind of how it's, it's the New guarding Testament, the church, right? And it's yeah, but there would be other times when there would be a question mark, like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm not sure if this was the best thing to do or not, and I'm wondering if back to your loving people example, if it is a too low of a standard because we're trying to set the standard ourselves. Yeah. And then we view other people through our standards. So here's what it looks like 
for for Pierce to be a loving father? Like, mm-hmm. do you do you give your do daughter you buy all of her Disney Christmas Plus presents? costumes for your daughter and make her wear them, or do you? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. what like, is a Disney do, princess? <laughs> like, do we look at each other through that lens, or do we like set our heart and mind on the glory of Jesus? Yeah, and pray that we will be filled with the knowledge of his love yep. so we can be filled with the fullness of him. And then I think you, I literally think, you know, people ask me all the time, like, how do I know if this is right or wrong? Um, in, in situations that we would call like gray areas. Yeah. I, I don't know how to tell you that. Cause I think you just know, I think the spirit lives in you and I think, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and what you know for you in that situation cannot necessarily be applied to the next person in the same situation. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because, so, because what is at stake for each of us as individuals, instead of making it a rule across the board, what's at stake for each of us is that we represent the gospel and that we represent yeah, Jesus. Mm-hmm, yep. And, uh, and, and so that has to be our aim. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think and, it, all, and it starts by thinking of Jesus as the fullness and the glory of God. That's what I was going to say. I think it boils down to yeah. that. And that's where it's funny. Cause I mean, when we, when we talked about naming this podcast, we, I don't think we realized like how it would all boil down to Th- every episode. This isn't episode, close like, <laughs> to where we started. Oh, no. sorry. The podcast as a whole. Yeah. yeah I was thinking simpler, of this episode. No, I meant like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the simplicity of it to say yeah, to people like, Hey, I stop trying to fix yourself Yeah, mm-hmm. and put in your mind the glory of Jesus yeah. and watch yeah. how God begins to shape your life. Yeah, absolutely. Stop trying to fix yourself. That seems so counterintuitive because it's like, well, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Mm. It's been really cool to see how many people that I've had conversations with Tuesday Bible study, Wednesday Bible study, or just privately who will go, man, it seems so much simpler than I've made it. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> it is. And, uh, and that's not just us doing branding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm not sure it's ever us doing branding. That's what I mean is like, I don't think we realized when we started this podcast, How like significant. Yeah. That mm-hmm. it, it literally would be the thing that is, is the core for our life is to have mm-hmm. a simpler viewpoint than mm-hmm. we've made it of life in Christ. And who, yeah, I, who I think is. it's really cool to hear from other people, how this podcast has benefited them. I think it's been an incredible benefit for us, for the three of us, yeah, yeah. Uh, because as we have engaged in these conversations for other people, it has been shaping for us and feels like every few months we kind of go, well, crap, that one was for me, <laughs> you know, <And laughs> yeah. like I, I just got my butt kicked or whatever. And just reminded, uh, for well, the this, three of us. And this mm-hmm. is our conversations. Like, yeah, I think these aren't, these aren't like package scripted, episodes this is our conversations about these things we have probably an agreement on most of these topics that we talk about yeah but i think there's so many like details we end up talking about that are just us working through so like Mm -hmm. for example on this one we decided to to talk about jesus being the fullness of god's glory yeah that was the whole topic conversation yeah (laughs) and then where it went was where it went and that was fun great it was fun you Already said a simpler view, <laughs> wrapping it, everything up. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I want to hear from uh, from you guys, you guys listening and watching, uh, where do you think are some areas? So like just even talking with Ryan a second ago, like realizing like, oh, crud, that is, that is me trying to be in the forefront of this situation um, where maybe maybe because of societal norms of certain things are or worse or different in regards to con- confront on our own versus other situations like for the two examples we use porn versus like road rage or, <laughs> or things like that right so is there is there an example in your life where um where either through this podcast or just through personal conviction like the, through god pointing it out in your life 
man, I really, I need to submit this to God. I just need, I just need to submit to the spirit. I don't need to make it so much about, about my actions because I think that the more that we can stir up these types of conversations, I think that the more that it helps uh, shape our brothers and sisters perspective towards uh, leaning into Christ. Cause I think that there's plenty of situations where we think, you know what I'm just doing, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. And then when we have a conversation like this, you realize, oh, I'm, I might be hindering what the spirit might be doing in my yeah, life, yeah, or I yeah. might not be submitting fully in that situation. So I, all that to say, I, I encourage you guys to be a part of the simpler community, comment on episodes, send us messages, interact with one another, um, share episodes with your friends because we can grow together. Just like we've emphasized here the, between the three of us and the conversations that we have, we're growing and we're learning all for the sake of the glory of Christ, all for the sake of realizing that our lives are, are simply in his hands and, and how beautiful that is. And so we long to encourage you guys to, to receive that same encouragement to receive that same growth through the communities you're a part of as well as here at the Sipper community. Um, hey, we're recording at the Garden Audio as always. Stephen, uh, Stephen got us hooked up with a new light setup, so this episode is a little bit um, is nicer visually. If you haven't, if you don't watch the videos, go check them out on YouTube. Check them out on Spotify. Go see what's going on. Go find yeah yeah yeah. Um, go find um, S- Stephen and his wife are on social media at 87 Realty Group. They are a realty team. And so you won't be able to find the Garden Audio on social media, but you'll be able to find him through at 87 Realty Group. So go check him out. Go send him a message. Say hello. Say thank you. And if you're interested in real estate and stuff going on in the San Angelo area or just real estate tips in general, check him out. And hey, we're beginning a new year. We're going into 2024. And Micah is raising money for uh, disc golf events that you'll be doing throughout the next year. And if you're interested in donating for that, we're at the end of the year. And so uh, get some more write-ups, do some more charitable events, charitable donations. There we go. That's the right phrasing. Uh, go go over to micamariano.com, correct? And there'd be a donate tab up there. When you donate online, be sure to put in the memo. You just want disc golf. Just put disc golf in the memo. And, uh, and man, we, we love, we love hearing I mean, you guys. If you've listened to the simpler episodes for all, you hear what God is doing through Micah traveling, through Micah being a part of uh, Eagles Wings and being a part of the disc golf community, the friends that he's making, the relationships that he's building, uh, the preaching that's being done, the lives that are being changed for the glory of God um, through the events that, that, that Micah is doing. And also, Eagles Wings is, is worldwide. And so um, it's cool to hear all these different stories of, the, of, this, of this team. And so you guys are connected with Micah. Um, it would be a huge um it'd be it'd be awesome to see to see that work for the kingdom just continue and so go to micamariano.com donate through there uh help support these disc golf events that he's going to uh, throughout 2024 and we can hear more and more stories here on the on the podcast as to how that's going and how that's moving and how that's working and hey as always keep christ's core what could be simpler than that catch y'all next year bye bye